Hi everyone, welcome back to our show, To That Point. I'm Jasmine Escher. I'm Montana Blair. Our next series of episodes is dubbed Burn It Down. Dramatic, I know, but our goal here is to demystify the illusions of the popular corporate and freelance careers we see all over our LinkedIn. We phoned up friends who have made impressive career pivots to learn more about why they did it and how they made it happen. And we convinced them to give us the full picture, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So today we have the one and only Lilia Karimi with us on To That Point. Lilia, I am so excited to talk to you today. I mean, I'm always excited to talk to you, but in particular, I'm so excited to have you on an episode. I am so excited to be here chatting with you both. So to give a bit of background about how Lily and I know each other, we met a couple of years back. It was our first job out of college and it happened to be in consulting. And if you don't know how consulting works, essentially most of the work is project-based and we both got staffed on the same project based in Miami, which was a dream. Like looking back now, I'm like, wow, I had such a great (laughs) introduction to the working world. We would meet literally every week, twice a week to fly up and down between Miami and New York City. And I always thought it was so funny walking up to the Delta Gate and there's just a crew of consultants with coffee in hand who were fighting about who was going to get the first class upgrade. (laughs) And uh, yeah, just reminiscing a little bit on those times. But since then, you've left consulting and you've dipped your toe in a number of different endeavors. So I'm really excited to hear about your journey and navigating the hospitality and wellness industries from consulting to starting your own business. I'll try not to give too much away. Uh, But to kick us off, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, definitely. So I would say in general, I'm like an overall creative entrepreneur and collaborator. And um, I work on a few different things. So I'm the founder of Love Collective, which is a platform to find and book wellness events. Um, I also pre-COVID was teaching a lot of yoga and was leading workshops and authored a children's yoga book. And I do freelance consulting and I'm currently working on a few other upcoming projects. I'm working with a venture fund for psychedelics and I'm working on a hospitality concept for the Seattle area. So I would say in general, I've just been all about like following what lights me up after consulting, what excites me. Um, I'm just always kind of in the creation and learning process. The woman literally does everything. I was so surprised to find out that you were a consultant because the majority of people I think that end up going into consulting post-grad have, you know, business background, marketing background, economic background, engineering background, what have you, but they're usually trying to figure it out. Maybe they've uh, started probing into a niche, but they're still very much discovering. And I ran into you at... Accenture and you were like, oh yeah, like I'm a yoga teacher. I was like, that seems very different. Then you were like, oh yeah. And I've also already like started my own company. Like I've created a product and I was like, oh, that's incredibly different. And I I was always just so impressed and baffled by the fact that you had chosen consulting as a career path. So can you talk a bit about how you got your start in consulting and specifically within hospitality and wellness. So what did that journey look like? Where did you get your start? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Great, great question. It's kind of a long journey. So I'll take you through it. But I studied hospitality at Cornell. Um, it was just like always a lifelong dream of mine to do that. Um, and it's still a dream to open a hotel, actually. And I so I studied hospitality, got really into sustainability and wellness while I was in college. Um, and I'm trying to think of how to even wrap this up in terms of consulting. But I, my senior year, I started to dive into, you know, exploring different job opportunities. And I started interviewing with a consulting company. And I had two different job offers. So one was with a wellness company on the West Coast, and then one was in consulting. And like, kind of what you were saying earlier, like the wellness piece and yoga, it was always part of me. And it felt like that felt like the easy, natural way to go. And because I was you know, wanting to explore different paths. And I wanted to challenge myself and do something a bit more out of the norm or like push myself at that point. Cause I knew that like, once I go out of corporate world, it's not like I'm going to be going back. So I wanted to just do something a little different and unexpected, which is how I got into consulting in the first place. Can you also dig a little bit into the hands-on experience that you had in hospitality coming into consulting? Cause through Cornell and then I guess just also through your connections within the industry, you got to work on a couple of really cool projects um, that were sustainability focused within hospitality. And that sort of led you to start your first company, Giving Bag. Would love to hear a bit more about that. Totally. And I didn't even say this, but pretty much like everyone who goes to the hotel school has, it's like you already have years of experience of hospitality before you even like get into the program. So I started working in hospitality when I was 16 in like different hotels, like coffee shops. Like that was just um, part of like my like high school experience, pre-college even, and then in college more operations. And then when I got to Cornell, I also was a guaranteed transfer, which is like this weird thing that Cornell does where they accept you as a sophomore. So I transferred in. And then I, at the time, had a lot of imposter syndrome, just like being a new sophomore at Cornell and everyone's just like super smart. And I was like really a lot more shy back then. And there was a sustainability competition and I was like, wait, that sounds so cool. Like I love sustainability, but I was like not going to apply to it. And then Quinn, who's now my husband, then best friend was like, you should apply. And he encouraged me to apply the competition. So I was like, can we do it with me? And so we applied to this competition where we presented this concept called Giving Bag, which is a charitable hotel amenity where guests can donate donate unwanted items. And that was the concept we presented. And then we won first place with this sustainability competition. And then it was like an instant, like overnight, we got all this press. It was kind of like this hotel approached us and wanted to use Giving Bag. And from there, it was kind of an immediate um, start to business of like, oh, okay, we have this concept, we can like package it. And then that can be, you know, something that we offer and do and bring more sustainability into hotels. So giving bag is still it's still an operation it's in like 25 luxury hotels in Europe and Asia. And yeah, that was my first like dive into blending sustainability and hospitality together. Having had that sort of experience that's a little bit more grassroots, creating something from scratch, and then having the opportunity to scale it out. How did that compare to when you were in a consulting environment where traditionally you're working with a much larger client? Sometimes things move really quickly, but other times you sort of realize how much red tape is in place to get decisions made. How did you 
sort of transform and put on maybe a different sort of creative hat as a consultant versus an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's um, interesting to reflect on because at that time I was also an analyst and I, I feel like you, especially like I came in after college, like, you know, wanting to change the world, you know, I had just launched giving bag and like was like thinking anything was possible. And then when you are thrown into consulting at that level, it's more like you have like your one thing you're doing. So I was tasked in like a more like of a data input and kind of creation space. So there was a lot less of like that creative space, um, which actually like is interesting because if someone is in a job where they are more limited creatively in their work, I actually found that like outside of the job, I was getting really creative. Like my ideas were like very fruitful. I think that's when I was like, you know, working on some other creative projects. So I think having those constraints within consulting actually led me to be more creative outside. Um, but it was, I, I would say, challenging at that level to feel like you have more influence in the workplace. It's actually so funny that I never knew you at Accenture because I was also uh, in kind of that hospitality and travel niche pretty much most of my time there. But instead of Miami, I was going to DC every week. So I probably saw you guys in the Delta Lounge, like on our way out. (laughs) But I'm just curious, like how did you decide it was time or that you thought you'd had enough experience in hospitality at this consulting corporate level before you decided, you know what, I think I actually can do more of what I want to do on my own? How did you make that decision? There's a lot of factors that go into this. And I also just want to say I'm like really grateful for my consulting time, even though it was so brief. I feel like I met such amazing people and it was a great foundation, also great resume experience. But I had a unique situation where okay, now it's just going to kind of go into like some dates. But, you know, you graduate in the spring and I knew I wasn't starting consulting until October. Like that was my start start date. So I had a few months to go do something before I started consulting. So I got this gig where I was working for a yoga startup um, under the yoga influencer, yoga girls. And I immediately was opened up. It like expanded my whole view of everything because I immediately was working with and talking to like all these people who own their own businesses, their own brands, these wellness people and really unique lifestyles where like, you know, they're traveling all over, living on an island or whatever. And so Um, when I got to consulting in October, then like, you know, that internship ended, started the job. I was, I just felt very out of alignment because I kind of had seen what like I wanted my life to be like, and then went into a job where I was more stagnant creatively. And then I was also living in a co-op in Brooklyn, like a commune with a lot of other, um, interesting people. And I felt my project was traveling every week and I just wanted to be in one place and try different things and like, you know, explore all of that, like New York had to offer at the time. And then Quinn, my uh, husband and boyfriend was working also at a startup. So I felt like I was just around the startup scene. And so that's just all of those different factors made me feel like I was, there's other things waiting for me and I like needed to do it then, you know, you're like young and antsy. And I was just like, have to quit and like go do these opportunities. So I quit Accenture after 10 months. And then I went and worked in Baja in Mexico for a hospitality nonprofit like startup. And then from there worked on other hospitality companies back in New York. And 
that kind of, it was like those two years of just then starting my journey into yoga and entrepreneurship. I, maybe this is for another time, but I have to learn more about this commune in Brooklyn (laughs) and what it was like. (laughs) It sounds amazing. It was so fun. I like actually would still live there and it's still going on. People are like still in that commune, which is great. You guys would host like so far sound shows and stuff. I remember I showed up once and you guys had a full concert set up. Yeah, we had a few musicians in the house. So we did like a lot of fun things. And that was where it was like so confusing for me because I felt like I was living this double life of like this, I don't know, like artistic commune hippie vibe. And then I would go into consulting and it just I needed to like get everything in alignment. So I, throughout the years, I'm still so upset that we haven't met in person yet, but throughout the years from Jasmine, I've heard about a lot of your projects and I think they sound so cool and unique and different, every single one of them. So I would love to just hear you go through kind of your first projects, maybe after giving bag and how you came up with the other ideas, how they came to be, and then how you've managed to sustain or pivot or get to the portfolio of projects that you're working on now? Yeah, definitely. So I guess after giving back, I got really into yoga and was teaching yoga. And I had the idea for a children's yoga book. Right after college, I wrote the book. And then it took a few years before I actually got it published and went through that process. And I did self-publishing. And the book is called Lily Finds Her Own Way. Child's introduction to yoga. And with the book is really fun. It's super cute and fun because I will do like events with schools, story time reading. So it's been a fun outlet to, you know, get people into yoga and mindfulness. And then it was a few years ago after I had gotten engaged and realized that the wedding industry is just like really stressful and there's also no wellness mixed into the wedding industry. And at that point, you know, all my friends were like then yoga teachers and I was really in this world where there was just nothing merging the two. And then that's what led me to start Love Collective, which has gone through a handful of pivots. And in its current iteration, it's a platform to find and book wellness events and with a niche area of like bachelorette and weddings, but people book us for like corporate events and, and random things. And that's been really cool to just like, that, that business has evolved with what the customer need is because originally it started out, I thought the problem was that people were so stressed about weddings and people needed support. And that was like where I was trying to create the angle. But then where we were getting bookings, because we decided at that time, we kind of let it anyone, you know, you could book anything was much more open. Um, We saw that people were really just booking us for events and they, it's hard to find, like if you're having a bachelorette party in, I don't know, like Miami and you want a yoga teacher, it's like, where do you go? You know, how do you get the mess? Like there's not a platform. So that's, the void that we're filling with Love Collective. Um, And now actually a lot of people do virtual events. Like we just had a few virtual bachelorette bookings last week. So people are gathering virtually for events right now, which is really interesting to navigate. And then currently, so I've I've been working on Love Collective. I just recently started working also in the psychedelic space, which I'm finding really fascinating. I'm working for a venture fund and it ties into Love Collective with like the practitioner, like we're, you know, it's a lot of the stuff is aligned. So now I'm seeing how everything is just kind of really coming together. And a lot of my work with Love Collective merges in with the psychedelics company. And I also offer some consulting on the side where I just have different clients, which now that I'm saying it out loud, like the client is like a lot of work on like 
book publishing, which ties into my children's book. So it's like everything weaves in together, which is really fun because it feels like all the values and passions I have are all being touched on every day, which is my favorite. That's amazing. And I'm sure a lot of people listening are very aware of what they're passionate about, but could you give some advice to someone who knows kind of the direction they might want to head, but don't yet know how to monetize it or at least bring it into maybe some of the corporate work that they're doing? How are you able to kind of bring those two worlds together? Yeah, I think like just starting in the smallest sense. So like if you're passionate about a subject like just start reading about it like you start to follow on Instagram like all the people that are talking about it like there's so many ways to get involved with something without having you know having to quit your job and go do it I think I was in a position that was like very privileged and naive and like like I need to quit my job but I'm now looking back I'm like there's so many ways you can fulfill those passions in different ways so like getting involved with communities or maybe there's like a little a team that you can suggest to your manager. And also I've just learned in the workforce to not even like suggest your manager, like just create whatever you want to create and present it. It's like managing up and you have the ability then to like bring it in and then present the opportunity of whatever you want to work on. So yeah, I think just any step you can take. I'm a big fan of the book, The Artist's Way, which is all about just like small ways to integrate your passions and creativity in your day-to-day life. So would highly recommend checking that out. One last question from me. Where do you go to get inspired? I think it's a few different places. I have like some friends, like right before this call, I talked with my other friend who owns a wellness company. And we always check in with each other every few weeks and like having friends that are in similar spaces. Like for me, it's really helpful to have another friend who is working on a company that we can like, you know, bounce ideas off of. So I think expanding your network to like be friends with the type of people, I guess, of what you're trying to attract. I'm like a huge fan of like vision boarding and like having really motivational things in my space. So like right now I'm sitting in my office, which now I'm looking around, it's like filled with like art and things that inspire me. So if I'm not feeling inspired, you know, I can just like turn and like look at this, you know, poem or whatever it is. So yeah, I think even like magazines can be inspiring in books and kind of going just back down to your why, your like why statement for whatever you're doing. Yeah, Montana and I have found that the actual physical manifestation of something has been so useful just to motivate us. We always joke around with our manifestation journals, but if there's a certain guest that we really, really want to get on the show, we're like, okay, you go write it down 20 times. I'll go write it down 20 times. Yes. There is like a huge power in writing things down. Like I really believe that. Like I think if you write something down, it's just like putting it out there in the universe and I love that. Love that for you both. (laughs) Yeah. And just in addition to that, I feel like it used to be a little taboo to talk about things that you were doing outside of work. And I find now that it takes a little bit of nudging, but eventually you find out that the people you work alongside are also doing really, really interesting things outside of they're nine to five. And I think that's been another super useful tool for us is just tapping into the people that we know who have skills like we do, who might be applying them elsewhere. And then sort of having that fuel our ideas and our creative process just in knowing what might be possible. Yeah, I love that. People are so multidimensional. So 
I think that's also what I found in consulting too, is like, there is like this like facade almost where you're like just doing your job, but it's like, no, everyone has so many interests and there's so many interesting people out there. So I like to also think, you know, everyone you're interacting with is like a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great way to frame it. Well, thanks again for sharing your story and about all of these amazing things that you're working up now. I'm especially excited to hear about your findings in psychedelics because I think that's just such an interesting industry. I was on TikTok and I got an ad for, I guess it's not an ad, it just popped up on my discovery feed, but like a D2C psilocybin company out of Canada and I was like microdosing is here folks definitely I know it's like super I think we're definitely like on the brink of like kind of some cutting edge stuff like where cannabis was like five ten years ago so it's fascinating I'll keep you updated for sure yeah keep us updated we can always bring you back on and have a whole deep dive into what you've learned and what's coming within that industry yes would love that Awesome. So if people want to learn more about you or buy your book or a book, a class on Love Collective, where can they do so? Do you want to drop some links? Yes. So for Love Collective, they can head to lovecollective.com and it's L-U-V and our Instagram is at Love Collective. And then for my other stuff like the book and yoga and consulting, you can find me on Instagram at at lifebylilia or lifebylilia.com. Awesome. Okay, Lilia, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is fun. Thank you both for having me. So fun to chat with you both. Thanks for tuning in. To That Point is created and produced by us, Montana and Jasmine. Big thanks to Levi Berry for the audio engineering and editing. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please review and rate us. You can find many more inspiring and authentic conversations in our past two seasons on the modern grad school experience and sustainability in fashion and design. Keep up with us on Instagram and TikTok, both at to that point, and stay tuned for a very special project coming soon. See ya!